information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A A to Z Z Running. Running. Hey everyone, thanks for joining. This is our first episode. My name is Andy. And I'm Zach. Our first podcast episode is all about finding community, which is a really big deal at A to Z Running. It's what we're trying to do here. It's really easy to isolate, but there's so much more value to be had in running when we can do it together in community. So our goal with the podcast is to connect this vision that we have with everything we do and just bring a clear message to you, our listener. And we're going to do that with a couple of different sections in each episode. The first one is just talking about the world of running and some interesting things that are happening in the sport around us. Then we'll get on to kind of the main topic. And we might do that with some interviews with guests or sharing some athlete stories and things like that. And then finally closing out by consulting some experts and ultimately intending to answer some of your questions, things about um, health and strength and fitness. They may be wondering like how you do that. How do you leave a question? You can send us a note at a to z running.com. You can tag us in social media. Of course, it helps to subscribe. So let's get started. All right, so as promised, we're gonna get things started talking about the world of running and interesting things going on in the sport. And of course, as many of you know, two-ish weeks ago was the Berlin Marathon, so we want to start there. Andy, tell us about Berlin. I am only going to talk about one runner because there's a lot of outstanding performances. Sarah Hall killed it. She ran 2.22.16, which was her best ever time. So that's really fast. Um, that's that's not just really fast, though, because that's like top, what was it, sixth all-time for U.S. female athletes. And she finished fifth overall at the Berlin Marathon, which is the premier marathon in the world. Yeah, I don't. I, it's, it's pretty much considered the fastest marathon course in terms of legit and certainly the world marathon majors, so that's pretty awesome. Um, it's no surprise that world records are set there quite a bit over the years. Um, and that being said, we should just mention, at least in passing, that Kenanisa Bekele, Ethiopian, uh, just missed Elliot Kipchoge's uh, considered to be nearly impossible world record. Kenanisa missed it by two seconds. Wow. Two seconds. And let's not forget that a couple of years ago, he missed the other world record by six seconds. So this guy's apparently the king of near misses, also known to be the greatest distance runner in the history of time. So he's got something going for him. But man, two seconds. That hurts. So this is going to be an exciting, exciting period in, in marathoning when we've got epic contention like those two, among others. So um that's pretty great, but uh, the you know the timing here is not incidental. That we're releasing this episode just after the conclusion of the World Track and Field Championships that just wrapped up on October sixth. After about ten days of competition, and of course, when a World Championships happens in track and field, there's always a lot to talk about. Um, and so we're not going to do that. We're not going to talk about everything because we can't, and we're, that's not the intent of this time. But we do want to highlight because here we are sitting in West Michigan. And we've got a story from West Michigan Mm -hmm. in the men's 800 meters. And I don't know how many of you know this, um, but Donovan Brazier graduated from Kennewa Hills High School right here in West Michigan, just outside Grand Rapids. Um, 
Donovan started to compete collegiately, but went pro quite quickly because of his outstanding performances early on. Um, and from there, he's already, as a young athlete, had a star-studded career. Mm-hmm. And he just added to the list of his accomplishments world championship, gold medal in the 800 meters. And not just the fact that he won the 800 meters, but the last time an American won that event at the world stage was in 1972. That's incredible. And by the way, a story on that one is just simply, that was David Waddle. And if you don't know who David Waddle was, you should look up the YouTube video of him winning that race for three reasons. Reason number one, it's always funny to watch videos from the 70s of people running. It's, it's just funny looking. Uh, reason number two, uh, because David Waddle should not have won that race. And if you watch it, you'll know why, especially after the first 600 meters of the run, um, he shouldn't have won that race. And yet he did. And then reason number three is because David Waddle was infamous and famous for wearing a baseball cap, or they called it a golf cap at the time. It really is a kind of a goofy looking hat. Uh, he would wear that while he was racing the 800 meters, which is kind of funny. Um, but also the tragedy of the infamy is that he continued to wear the hat during the national anthem while he was standing on the gold medal stage of the Olympics, which is kind of, you know, taboo. Like he kept the hat on. He didn't take it off. Um, asked about it later. He would say he just, he forgot. He just wasn't thinking about it. Um, but it's kind of nice to see, you know, a, an American surge back to that stage after so many years. That's exciting. So congrats to Donovan Brazier. What an accomplishment. Yeah. West Michigan zone. And let's not forget, he did so in a new American record 800-meter time, 142. By the way, for those of you who know what that concept is, a 142-800 meters has not been done by very many humans. And uh, it's also a new championship record time as well. Flying. On fire. So there's so much else to say about the world championships, a number of gold medals from Americans, among other great accomplishments, certainly. Um, we had an American record in the women's 1500, even though she finished fourth. Uh, Shelby things Houlihan. Like Shelby Houlihan. Let's say her name because she's legit. Yep. She did yep. not get her moment on the podium, but she deserved it. Absolutely. Uh, American women in the 400 meter hurdles went 1-2 and Delilah Muhammad winning the race in a world record time and so many other things to say. So we would want to encourage you, if you're a running fan, there's a lot to watch from that world championships. And we just mentioned a couple of the highlights. Certainly try to find those videos and give them a watch because they're worth seeing. Uh, The men's pole vault competition is another one that was just crazy. It was awesome to see. Not a running event, but still good. That's it. That's the world of running for this week. Again, there's so much, so much more we could talk about. We want to highlight these events in order to elevate this sport and help us all become better fans. And on our next episode, you can look forward to us talking about the Chicago Marathon and what that event held for both the world and maybe a little bit about our experience as well. So let's get right to our main topic for this first episode. And as mentioned, this is really an integral part of what A to Z running represents and what we're trying to do. And that's community and finding and building community and making connections. And so as we're defining that, it's it's important to kind of set out right now what we really mean by that. And we're talking about kind of three factors. And in terms of community, it's the race and the event, certainly, um, the actual experience that brings people together 
and also just in general the teams and the friendships and you know where do you connect with other people in the sport of running and certainly we'll get into a little bit of our own experiences with that Um, there's a lot there and then the final piece which is probably newer um, but definitely not to be underestimated is the digital side of things social media um, yeah and, and and many other parts and pieces that are involved in that and for those of you who are on Strava, we'll give a Strava shout out and we'll, we'll talk about how that's been. And Instagram. Uh, sure. And, and I guess <laughs> there's like Facebook thing. too. And uh, He's not on those mediums, actually. I've heard that some people use those things though. Oh yeah? To communicate. and. Do you know what a story so. is on Instagram? Do yeah, you know? it's when you tell someone about something <laughs> and it's like a narrative. Usually it has like a, a beginning, middle and end. I hope that other people are laughing at you too. Well, anyway... Um, in case you're listening to this on Fensta, Facegram, that's not it. Either way, we do think that it's important. Whether or not I know a lot about it, that's why we're there, are two of us. Absolutely. We're kind of a team. So, Andy, what do you like about the race and the event experience? I started out loving racing in middle school. In high school, I stopped loving it when I wasn't having as much success and I also was feeling like I was failing. And then in college, there's pressure and so I didn't love to race. It made me really scared because I didn't want to let people down. It was where I was at uh, and able to give to community. And even though my friendships were really good throughout the times in high school and college, I think that... I was so worried about myself and how I would let people down that I wasn't able to give myself fully to the idea of community. So that's where I am today. I love racing. I love meeting other competitors at races. I hope I'm not the obnoxious girl to start line saying hello to everyone. Sometimes you are. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I won't do that to you. Uh, at the start she of the might. Race. She might do that to you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I tried to see. When people are in the zone, I'm, I'm not taking them out of that zone. But I have to say that I was able to meet a gal in my last race at Quad Cities, Jane, the night before the race. And it was really great to get to know her. She's a mom of a three-year-old too. She ran 115 a couple weeks ago and a half, and she's just really killing it. She's doing a great job. Um, But I got a chance to meet her and we connected on a few different levels on the mom level on the aspirations for running a fast marathon, which she will also be competing at Chicago. So it was really great because even in that moment, It meant more in that race because I was able to share it with Jane. I also met one of my running friends who I currently am able to run with almost weekly at a race. Uh, Her husband was racing and I walked up and talked to her. She had a stroller there, double stroller. We don't see many of those out there. So we were able to connect and we ended up starting to run together. Shout out to the nobles. Shout out to the nobles. So really the race experience, the event experience, like, you, you can't possibly deny how powerful that is because otherwise we wouldn't be seeing thousands of people showing up to all of these races. You know, thousands of people showing up in middle of March to a 5K around East Grand Rapids, Michigan, where it's basically snowing every March. And yet they do. You do. We do. And I guess the real reason why is because of that, you know, that love of or that passion for um And certainly that's going to manifest differently for lots of different people, but it is an exciting experience. There's a lot of energy around it. And um, I really think that a lot of that has to do with uh, performance as well, because when you're trying to achieve something, we know the science tells us that we can achieve better 
uh, with an audience in, in many ways. And so we get that at the race experience too. But it's obviously, as you were saying, Andy, it's, it's more than that. It's certainly more than that. Um, you know, even I just want to mention another example of that that's always curious to me is the race expo. Like, it's an exciting thing. And personally, I love going to the race expo. I always want to go to it. He does, and he always it. buys something, too. Well, okay, so I do that. But that's not why I love to go. <laughs> I actually was the one who bought a bunch of stuff last time. So um, so it, we do. We love that experience. And the interesting thing is, is to answer the question why is a little bit more challenging than I would have guessed. Because when you really get down to it, the, the event expo is just a lot of people in a crowded area um, kind of just milling about. <laughs> and there's not a lot happening. Um, some of them, by the way, some of them, there is a lot happening and they, they, go, they go all in and it's pretty cool and it's pretty crazy. There was a bounce house at Quad City. There was a bounce for house. For children. And dancing dogs. It was pretty amazing. No, I should say they're not, they weren't real dogs. They were people dressed as dogs. But Miles might have thought they were real dogs. He did. So that whole thing is just, it's another part of this experience and the excitement surrounding that community. And I think that that's a testament to running, especially because of the, the thing that brings people together is not an easy thing. And that shared struggle is certainly involved in that excitement too. So we obviously posted, and I say obviously for those who have been following our work, we posted on this a while back on our blog, adizyrunning.com. And the post uh, outlined some ways to help you engage better with the community when you're at an event, um, just kind of from our own experiences, what makes a big difference. And Andy, you were just mentioning it, and it's really a, an important one. It's just engaging with your competitors um, or the people around you, whatever that means, and doing so positively, You know, acknowledging each other's goals and efforts and such, congratulating people as they're finishing um, you know, it does the total stranger who says great job as you're coming across the line like that, that means something and is definitely a way to help, um, just further the experience for yourself and for others. And I guess kind of just to wrap that up, um, if you are feeling in, in your running, if you're feeling kind of in a rut, one of the ways that you can help lift yourself out of that is to go to these events and experiences. And it doesn't even necessarily mean you have to be racing there because if you're hurt, if you're injured, um, we, we've been there. We know what that's like. Uh, that's the worst kind of rut and running because you can't even do it. Um, but here I'll just make another mention. Pete Mumbauer, shout out to Pete, uh, was showing up at races this past summer and he was injured. And he was injured for quite some time, but he kept showing up and, and we could just see the energy and excitement. And especially when he was finally able to start getting back into training, um, just the fire was still lit. And that fire can go out for many of us during that kind of a time. So it's a great experience um, and a great way to continue to elevate the experience is to simply engage with the running community. So on that note, um, just talking about the next element is is teams and friends. So even if it's outside of the actual running event experience the impact of the ongoing community is certainly important so andy you were mentioning a little bit of those experiences for you but um how have how have the teams and the friendships been important for you in your running experience vitally important i was not even interested in running before my mom who i consider to be my very first teammate took me on a run she told me that 
if I were to play select soccer and she's going to pay for that, that I was going to train. I was going to touch a ball every day and I was going to run with her. And I can't say that I was thrilled about it at first, but my mom got me out the door and she made the experience special. Oftentimes we would run. I don't recommend this for everybody, by the way, but she would, we would go for a run and then we'd end up getting a coffee or we'd end up getting ice cream or something at the end. But it was a really good time for me to grow uh, in maturity, not only in running, but also having that time one-on-one with my mom was really special. Yeah, for me, it was, um, you know, the early stages of my running experiences were like middle school and high school and that kind of stuff. And I wasn't necessarily like widely successful um, certainly not like Andy when she was beating me in high school. Not directly, everybody. Well, I just had faster times. That's just because we didn't race each other <laughs> at that time. So um, she would have beaten me. So for me, the big thing that just continued to light the fire in various different ways were the team aspects. And I even remember like in high school when I remember Mikey Toman, the team captain, uh, the cross country team at high school had kind of taken me under his wing and he just really took it upon himself to teach me a little bit about how to engage in a race and the, you know, the whole mindset and such. And I feel like I learned a bit of my cutthroatness from Mikey. Am I a cutthroat racer? Can I define myself that way? I would say so. Well, now, you know, he wants Um, to win. (laughs) Sometimes in the past, I did some things in a race that some people would say were not nice. I haven't heard this. Like, what kind of things can you do in, in cross country? I once pushed a guy into a football pad. Are you kidding I, me? <laughs> it's a true story. You need story. to apologize. You need to write one of those letters. I don't even remember what team he ran for. I don't know who he was. That is horrible. Well, anyway, so <laughs> it, it really it was uh, a great thing when this teammate supported me. And tried to try to help me to understand, and that just continued on into college. And really, I could tell you that the reason I went to the college I did, we both ran in Cornerstone University, and the reason I chose Cornerstone over over some of the other ones I was thinking about is because of how I saw the team interacting with each other. When I uh, visited with the athletes at Cornerstone and I saw how they were treating each other, I was like, "That's the thing I want to be part of." And it was all about that. And my time at Cornerstone just continued to further that experience of the brotherhood and the shared struggle succeeding together and failing together and lifting each other up Mm. and even more than the sport my experience at cornerstone was similar but we had something even more weighty happen which was have a teammate die and another that was in a coma for a bit and um during that time it was hard i mean when you're in your 20s you feel invincible and to have that illusion shattered It is so powerful to be surrounded by a group of women who want to lift you up and pray with you and come around you. So it wasn't just about the sport. These ladies who are my teammates became my my sisters. And it was really important. Another great team that I was able to make a connection with is Playmakers. And it was very limited. I wasn't able to compete with them very often. And I wasn't able to train because they were in the Lansing area and I was in Grand Rapids. But having the same goal and having a shared vision, and then when we live in this day and age with this great technology, we were able to keep in touch. It is just a testament to how strong the bond can be when you compete as a team together, when you have that shared experience. Because even though, for instance, Kaylin Russo, I only actually ran like three races with her, but she's someone I'm in contact with 
on a regular basis via social media. And we've met up to run before, you know, since then. So it was a really powerful connection just to have the same vision in mind. Yeah. And just thinking about that, because Playmakers team really only raced together like twice a year at most, sometimes less often, depending on who is doing what at what time. And yet we would show up at that race and it was like, you know, that just it, it was kind of that brotherhood thing again, um, despite the fact that we were, you know, all adults going our separate ways after that, you know, two day thing. And so it was a really neat experience. I, I felt the same way. So both Andy and I ran on Playmakers together and met some people that we now still to this day are in contact with and some to you know significant degrees, despite the fact that we never see each other, hardly ever see each other. Um, and the other example of that is Jed Christensen. Another shout out. So hi Jed. Hi Jed. Um, Jed will likely never hear this, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, Jed Jed ran at a college nearby Cornerstone. He ran for Calvin College. It was college at the time. Now it's university, I guess. But he ran at Calvin, and um, but we didn't really compete against each other hardly ever. So I didn't really know him in college. And then after college, when we both ran at Playmakers together, it kind of grew that connection or began to grow it. Uh, but even to this day, so like Jed and I talk all the time compared to friends that are nearby. And, I, you know, it's just a fascinating thing. He lives in Pennsylvania. We live in West Michigan. Um, I was in his wedding just this past summer. Um, and yet, for you know, for no other reason than because of this running experience that somehow brought us together. And that's not the thing that keeps us together. We don't run together. We don't train together. Although Jed is very important in helping me develop some of my perspectives on training and running that I use to this day. And I will still call Jed on a fairly regular basis to ask him about scenarios and situations and workouts and running to make sure that I understand what we're trying to do here. But, um, so that, that's, you know, that's just another clear example of the importance of that. And another one tied to it is the Q elite racing team. So Q is Nate Van Holten, the coach now head coach at Cornerstone university for cross country. And, um, so when he coached me in college, uh, he continued coaching some of his athletes post college under the umbrella of Q elite as a a track club. And none of us really spent any time with each other, but we would show up every once in a while at something together. And it was still like we were part of something together because there's something about the running community thing that really draws us and keeps us together. And to this day, I am striving and seeking it. And one of the most recent awesome groups that I've been able to be part of is a mom's running group. And some of these ladies I didn't know very well before we started running together. And now they've become really good friends. And our kids too, which is not a small thing to have these play dates and have our kids look forward to playing together. So that really kind of brings us to the final point of the community aspect as we see it. And that's the digital side. And we really do want to emphasize the value of the digital side and helping continue to foster or grow or build the community. And the clear example that I, that I always point to with this is Strava, um, because it's been clear for me in my experience, certainly for others, as I've noticed as well. So Strava, you know, as a social media platform, it's really just about sharing your workouts. That's what it's designed to do. Um, and nothing really complicated about it. And yet the idea that when I post something on there, um, first, that I just know that other people see it and they acknowledge that whether they engage with it immediately or other times or something. But, um, you know, I, I know that other people see it and they see what I'm doing 
and I, I get an appreciation from that on occasion. And I'll never stop talking about how incredible it is to me that some of the people that I've never met before and yet engage with in Strava, I end up seeing places because of the running events and things like that. Or for some reason or another, because we can see where people are running, we end up contacting each other and saying, hey, I just realized that I'm running in the same place where you live. Let's run together. And then it happens. And like now these people that I never would have met before, and yet we're going for runs together and we're actually creating these relationships that then you know can help grow into the the full community that we're building around ourselves so you can find zach on strava at zach ripley but just don't try to beat any of my segments because (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding of course you would say i'm not sure that i actually have a single course record segment thing anymore because i'm pretty sure all of them have been broken by cyclists uh boo hiss or kids on scooters so that that brings us to the You're last not as thing. As fast as a kid on scooter, a kid on a scooter. They're fast scooters out there. Sometimes they're going downhill. <laughs> they're scooting real fast. Maybe they're on roller skates. Roller skates are a thing, they, right? Uh, well, People still use those. I'm not sure. All Bring the them kids back. like roller cool. skates. It's never too good at that. Well, you can find A to Z running on Instagram, and that's where I kind of hang out. I've met a lot of amazing runners via Instagram, and. Being able to see people's accomplishments, things that they've done, or even injuries that they're going through. In fact, I found a lot of encouragement because I have a hip labrum tear in each hip. And I was able to see a lot of success stories coming out of the same injury as me and connecting with other people who have gone through that, that same long, painful injury was a huge encouragement And not only that, I have to say about this whole finding community, we were saying, I don't know why that's so powerful, but I have a theory that we are really vulnerable when it comes to running. We are, we're tired. Our bodies are exhausted. Emotionally, it can be draining. We go through periods of time where we, we can't run or that we're isolated or there are things in our life we're processing as we're running. I think that creates an opportunity to really dive into one another's lives and be an encouragement to one another at maybe our weakest and our strongest points. Yeah. And I would say on that note that one of the most affirming and validating things that you can do for another person in this kind of sphere is to ask a question, ask their opinion or even their advice on a thing. And it's, it's profound because we think of, you know, like every time I see something, I want to like offer my opinion and offer my advice. Um, but think about how you feel when another person seeks you out. You know, I post on your social media post a comment that says, I see that you're dealing with this thing. Uh, you know, what, what, what can you do about it? I'm experiencing the same kind of thing or just trying to affirm someone else and support and encourage them by asking them questions. It's really powerful. So I guess that's what I'm going to do right now. I am going to ask all of you what motivates you in running, what you're looking for in a running community. And that's what A to Z running is all about. We want to hear from you. And I know that blogs can sometimes be a way for information to be put out there on the internet. And we are obviously giving tips and interviews. We want to be able to add value to your sport, but we also want to hear from you in your experience because that adds value to everybody who reads a to z running.com. And that's really what makes us determine whether the thing we're doing is worthwhile. 
is the connection and and the communication that we can have with all of you and we've already begun that um, certainly in the race events and things like that and we've had a lot of engagement in social media um, and we're just we're so appreciative of that Uh, but more to the point that that's going to help continue to foster greater and more powerful community for everyone involved So that is going to wrap up our first episode. And one thing we should probably mention, we will have our experts featured at the end of most episodes. Um, and Adam Homolka has already uh, agreed to do so. And so it's going to be exciting to hear from him from the physical therapy side of the world. Um, but the goal with that is to answer questions, uh, whether it's just the common questions that runners tend to have or actual questions that you, our audience, has. So you can submit those to us um, knowing that Adam will hear them and try to potentially address some of those on air in the podcast. Um, anything from, you know, I've got this nagging pain, what what could I potentially do about it to, you know, I need to work on some mobility or strength in this particularly area and what's your suggestions. And Adam is looking forward to sharing some thoughts. So that's coming in our second episode and beyond. And aside from that, uh, Andy, what's what's coming up for episode two? So as we mentioned earlier in this podcast episode, we are running Chicago Marathon. So next week we will be talking about the Chicago Marathon and our journey getting there. And for those of you who follow me on social media, I disclosed some of my journey with all of you and the labrum tears that I've had leading up to this race has not been easy. It's been quite the journey and many of you have been along a similar journey. So we're going to be sharing about the struggle. The marathon is a struggle. The timing will be great because we'll be a couple of days post-marathon when that episode comes out. And for any of you who have run a marathon, you know that those are some of the worst days of your life. (laughs) That is really dramatic. And true. We might be doing our podcast episode on the main level of our house instead of the basement. So you can look forward to that coming next week for episode two on the A to Z running podcast. All other things aside, thanks for listening. And remember that you can find us at A to Z running.com as well as Andy on what social media platforms? Instagram and Facebook at A to Z running. We're on Strava. You can find me Zach Ripley there as well. Thanks.